Welcome back to Insurance Happy Hour. This is Laird. And I'm Becky. Hey, Becky. Laird? Yeah. Are, are you are you fully present, ready for a podcast episode? I, I really don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> you seem to be struggling a little bit. And, and struggling, yeah, I am actually. And, and no, all you weird listeners out there that think I got hammered last night, no, I haven't drank in a while. However... Yeah, you know, it's it's the weather. It is everything kind of all put up in one big wrap present of a bow of life right now <laughs> that has got me just going, huh. And I mean, okay, um, it's Friday. I kind of want to end early today. So <laughs> it's 10 o'clock in the morning and we're recording this episode. And I have already been on my second large monster drink. So the the big 32 ounce or whatever this thing is. Can you read it? Oh, man. 24 ounce. You read it. Tell me, tell me what that says. 24 ounces. Oh, you, well, because I already <laughs> said it. <laughs> you could have had your eyes closed. You would have been able to know. My eyes were closed. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, and then so, you know, you came in my office and you're like, are you ready to record the podcast? And I'm like, ah, man. And then you're like, I'm going to go get coffee. And I'm like, is that this type of the podcast today is that we're both like drinking coffee and not other things? (laughs) And Penzo, when do we record? I I know. (laughs) I mean, if we had, you know, champagne and orange juice, I'd I'd be up for mimosas. Oh, man. It's, is that your your morning my brunch drink? Yeah, your brunch drink. Yeah, I don't do tomato juice, so Bloody Marys are out. Yeah, no, 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 uh, no Bloody Marys for me. But yeah, then, and then I don't it, do tequila, so tequila sunrise is out. <laughs> yeah, again, if I if if I would go to my old go to of pineapple with a splash of uh, grenadine and uh, vodka, and that would be my my morning drink. If I, I'm not really a morning drinker. I also don't – I don't know if you ever notice this, but I don't drink while I eat. You, you, yeah, that's true. I, 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 will dr- I will start drinking like a water, a tea, or a soda while I'm actually eating, and then I go back to drinking. I don't know why that's the case. You're but weird. I, I no, no argument there. <laughs> Everybody just heard that agreed with me. Yes, Laird is weird. <laughs> yeah, no one's, no one's arguing that point, Becky. <laughs> But it, then it was the weather. It, it's the first rainy day I think we've had in a month. But we need it. Well, uh, yes, of course. And I love the rain and, and all that. It just it just has with, you grumpy. No, 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 no. I'm I'm. <laughs> you want you want to see grumpy? You want to see grumpy? I can give you grumpy. Um, it, it's really the the weather outside is frightful. Now, um, it's been a month since we've had rain. I love cloud cloudy days and and all that. However. It's the culmination of the days getting shorter. Mm. And it I was walking around the office today at what, like eight thirty, nine o'clock, and it's we had the dark. lights off because you know, why why have lights on if there's, you know, five <laughs> people here? Um and I, I'm going, it's just dark. It, it's dark and it feels like I'm I'm either A up here at like eight o'clock at night or B, I'm up here way, way, way too early. And then I'm like going, it's nine o'clock. <laughs> I saw you walking down the hallway and I was like, who's that? I can't tell because it was so dark. I just saw a shadow. <laughs> and I was like, it's got to be Laird. There's nobody else as tall as him that's here in the office. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, um, yeah. 
So yeah, and then uh, I woke up early today and watched the debate, and the debate was last night. Yes, but no, I <laughs> really <laughs> I didn't know they were doing debates. It's you know five thirty six a.m. now, but I you know we don't really go into politics or talk about politics on this show, but you know. Whoever's smart enough to run for president is smart enough not to, <laughs> you know, and uh, I just, I was really just watching it. And I was like, wow, this is, this is like getting a choice of getting punched in the face or kicked in the crotch. I mean, it, there, there's not any, any choice that out there. It's just like, wow, this, this is our choice right now. I feel that way about most of our elections in recent history. It's it's not a really good option well there there's there's a three-way race happening here um and i i um it's just a three-way race for senate and um one person is an absolute like you know was in the trump administration and is hardcore conservative and and just really on the right then you have the other component who is or the opponent who is all the way over on the left and is backed by the quote, quote unquote squad. So you have these two polar opposites. And then this one guy in the center, and those are both women and one guy in the center. And he's like socially um, liberal, fiscally conservative. I'm like, Oh, you know, and that's his ad. That's his ad. I'm like, Ooh, a choice. <laughs> you got my attention. You, 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 you talk, you talk in my, in my things. Cause I'm very socially liberal, but then whenever it comes to fiscally and, and con- I'm, I'm like, you know, I still have my communion, communion money, you know, I, <laughs> I, I'm very frugal. And so I was, I know every time I try to get something proved on my budget, uh, it's not in the budget. No, you cannot. Now, do we need this? Do we really need this? And it, it goes to – but the second that whenever something is approved, like once it makes sense, there's an ROI, then it's like for a force. Go for it. Yeah. You know? Once I've proved it can work. Well, yeah. I mean – but continuing continuing down this wonderful path we're on is this guy. And so I actually reached out to him. You know, I was like, you know what? I'm some guy. I can I can reach out to some guy and ask him questions. And uh, it was the first candidate I've actually uh, somewhat uh, excited about. That's good. Now here's the here's the rub, and this is the other thing that I've I've been dealing with this morning, just kind of like bantering in my head, is um, the CEO of Expensify. Have you seen what he did? Oh yeah, I got three copies of that email. Yeah, and. I'm, you know what? First of all, I think that what for the listeners that that didn't don't use Expensify or <laughs> d- didn't read the news, he effectively sent out an email to the entire Expensify customer base saying a vote for anybody but Biden is a vote against democracy. That's a pretty bold statement. I mean, that's ballsy. That's out there, and I I, I was struggling with that as a business owner. I really was mm-hmm. because I think that a, you know, if one person in that company disagrees with that stance, then it's not the opinion of the company and he should have sent it out as himself, but he sent it out to customers. Yeah. You, me, 
and, and lots of people out there. And, um, it's, you know, I absolutely 100% agree with his ability to send that. Like it's freedom of speech. Have a nice day. It's easy. I just struggle on the social cause marketing and, and what, what it can do to a business if it goes the wrong way. Yeah. And so that's one of those little things that just been mulling in my head all day because I actually, one of the things is, is said, if you vote for Trump or any third party or any other one, then the vote is just as good as not casting a vote and you're voting against democracy. And I'm like, wow, that is a strong point. Yes, it is. And so, um, yeah, real, real struggle on, um, on that. So uh, I, I've just been th- thinking about that today. And so think- what you're saying is your your brain is doing its normal thinking on 500 different topics all yeah. at once. And then so, um, you know, oh, but this is where I was going about. Notice I'm not mentioning the names of the people that, that first of all, I never tell anybody what I, who I vote for. But um, I, well, actually I do. I, was, I say, hey, I voted for this person because I believe in X, Y, or Z. And then, but I don't, I don't vote for somebody because they're not the other person either. Yeah. Um, I say I voted for him because I've, I've agreed with these lines. And, um, but then I was thinking about it. If you do that as a business, that's actually a, uh, it's actually a donation and it could be an illegal and kind donation. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was going, Oh wow. wonder how they got around that is that effectively they just advertised Biden to, Million, I think it's twenty million. I think the number was twenty million email addresses, and that's uh, got to be more than their customer base. That had it have been their whole list. It, I think it was, but it, it it really was. And but no, because remember that's twenty million. It might be include employees mm-hmm. of companies, not because every employee. Well, like I said, I got three copies, not to my email address. I got one to my email address, but because I have other emails forwarded to me for people who are no longer okay, here. Then- Oh, uh, so yeah. Anybody that had an account with Expensify yeah. got it, and there can be an argument that he now has to send an email supporting Trump, or he, you know, he's in he's in uh, violation of federal election laws. Well, you know, if if he has to send one based on to based on Trump, it's going to go to less people. If because I'm sure there are many people who, like I did, unsubscribed. <laughs> Because <laughs> and, and the, and the I thing don't is, need political emails from the vendors I use. Exactly. No, I I get it, and I I fully agree. And I'm like, okay, it, it's it's just it's crazy, and uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I am I am becoming more and more fierce and trying to better control what comes into my inbox. Mm-hmm. I, oh, really? <laughs> really? I mean, if, if you're not following Becky's, you, you got to create a hashtag for that, Joe, so, pe- so people can start tracking it. I really should. But yeah, I mean, it's, I've, I have really been quick to unsubscribe if I'm not getting, A, if I get put on a list that I never subscribe to, and B, if I stop getting value out of the emails that are being sent to me. Yeah. But my favorite cold email this week is literally this was the open. And I forget the first part of the sentence, but something about, you know, 
something about cold email, but I thought you get a ton of value out of it. And I was like, okay, that's setting a really high expectation. And the rest of the email did not follow through. Yeah. It, I, I got an email uh, today uh, for for an email that was forwarded because of an old employee. And um, it was, I get in there and it the person like heavily researched the person and the company and everything. They just missed the fact that we acquired them. (laughs) Oops. Yeah. So, all right. Well, what do you got? What do you think? What, what do you think is the number one insurance brand across the world? Hmm. Number one insurance brand. Mm Mm-hmm. I would have no clue. I'll, I'll, I'll say I have no clue. According to... Swiss Re. No. Okay. According to the Best Global Band Brands Report, it is Aliens. Aliens? Aliens. Uh, aliens, yes. Aliens. Okay. They ranked 39th on the list of top 100 brands globally. Okay. I don't know much about aliens. I just thought um, it was interesting. They 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 are the ones you probably use them here in the US. They're they are a lot rarer to the normal consumer. Uh they used to do aviation insurance. I used to have my insurance through drink. Them. Oh yeah. <laughs> um and also they do travel insurance. So if you are ever go on American Airlines site and select the box for uh, travel insurance. It's probably it is underwritten. Them. It is them. But what's interesting is how they are ranked as a top global brand. And yet I have I mean, I've heard of them, but I, could, I couldn't have told you any of that. Welcome to the arrogance of the average American. <laughs> we are not the world. Well, I know we're not the world. <laughs> uh, it, it's... But the rest of these companies on the on the in the certainly in the top ten, mm-hmm. obviously, yeah, I do know. Well, I think that insurance is is a lot of times um, when you look at insurance globally, a lot of insurance is that comes out of Europe in the EU. Um, you know, all well, the where it started. exactly, but Swiss re and all the reinsurers are, are out there. They start out there, all the Swiss banks, all the, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of those things that are established there. So it's kind of the start. And in those countries, they do have less choices than the, you know, they, they actually have better choice because they, they have less regulations, but they actually have less choices. They have less people to choose from in terms of number of carriers and all mm-hmm. that. And so, uh, you know, that, that's why you have, you have some better brands, but also you go look at, uh, other countries like China, like India that have massive populations and then they're just rolled up into that. And that helps create that brands that you don't hear about, especially in insurance where it's kind of one off is, is there, what does the article say about the fact that they're in the top 39 out of a hundred? It just, the the article was from Insurance Business America, and it, it didn't dig into the report very much other than to say Aliens was the top insurance brand moving to 39th, and the only other um, company from the insurance sector on the list was AXA or AXA? AXA, yeah. yeah. Again, these are these are kind of niche products that the normal personal lines type of uh, consumer would not know of. Yeah. Yeah. 
But uh, what I I just found that interesting. I mean, obviously, gl- when you're looking at global brands, you got to look at a company that is going to be a global uh-huh. company. And a lot of the carriers and, and other companies we're familiar with more in the U.S., are not there, a lot of them are not even regional at best, you right. know, then that's why you have a regionals and super regionals. And then, you know, very few national carriers. I mean, I would say less than a couple handful national carriers for independent agents that you can be pretty reliant on them. And even then uh, I can only think of two carriers that write in all 50 States and DC. So very, you know, it's rare. Yeah. But what I really wanted to dig more into, that was just my lead in, oh. was was the whole brand report because branding is marketing. Oh, we, we talking about marketing this episode? We're talking about marketing this episode. Sweet. Yay. Um, and this, this company, Interbrand, I don't know if you're familiar with them. They're a brand consulting agency. They've been around for a long time, 40 years or more. But they put this report out every year. And so what's interesting is seeing the changes in the top brands. Yep. Um, oh, I, I because of COVID. Yeah. Ah, I see where this is going. Yes. So what do you think are the top five brands? Oh, I'll tell you Zoom's probably up there now. I think Zoom has, in, has gone up is what they said. Yeah, Zoom is a new entrant actually okay. on the list. Because, I mean, now whenever, whenever you know, we're going to Zoom, we're going to do a Zoom, whenever your company name becomes a, a verb, uh, verb <laughs> yeah, it, it's... I mean, they, they, they broke into the list at number 100 oh, this year. Squeaked, squeakered in? Yeah, they squeakered in. Um, and I would expect they are probably going to rise in the list over the next couple of years. Yeah. Assuming I, they don't have any brands problems. See, the... They they were early to it and they had it, but the second COVID uh, subsides, they're they're going to have problems. So I mean, I would short that if if I was you in like you know speaking. So the you're future, taking the under. Yeah, they'll they'll definitely go down because people once you once you remove all that, they're going to go. Well, we don't really need that. Like back to the Expensify thing, mm-hmm. I, I was sitting there going, "Well, we're Expensify customer." I'm like, "Wait a minute, I haven't filled out an expense report since March." You know, I'm like, wow, you know, I used to do them weekly because of travel and all that. Now I don't. And then I'm like, well, maybe we should shut down Expensify. I still use it. I I know, but you don't use it as much. Yeah, I do. Really? Well, I mean, yours, yours are more consistent. Yeah. Yeah. So that you could just put it, put it on, you know, the accounting department to do it. But uh, you're you're not doing 50 receipts for, uh, you know, breakfast, lunch and dinner, travel, hotel, uh, Uber. I mean, that, that, that type of stuff and things have changed. Can I Uber to the office and expense by that? No, you cannot. (laughs) You, you, after company parties, we allow Ubers, (laughs) but (laughs) we're home from the office. (laughs) All right, so top brands, uh, Apple's going to be up there. Um, Apple's number one. Yeah. Uh, Amazon. Number two. Yeah. Um, Netflix. Not in the top five. Mm, um, Google. Mm, Yeah, they actually moved down the spot. Now they're at four? Yep. Mm, Okay. Three. I'm trying to guess here. Staring off into space. Uh, I don't know the other two. Microsoft is number three. Really? Yep. 
Nice. Samsung number five. I'm wearing, I'm wearing a Microsoft shirt today. And you have your Samsung phone, right? Yeah. So. Technology's age of the geek, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Alec Artisan. Yeah. So also notable is Tesla came back into the list this year. Apparently they were on the list, left the list, now they're back. They're doing 40. well. Yeah. They're, they're, they're profitable and they're just completely shattering people's expectations of them. So the the noticeable COVID effect is uh, retail and luxury brands have taken a big hit. Of course. Obvious. Um, while logistic brands have grown. I saw someone wearing a Louis Vuitton uh, belt and it had the LV initials on the belt buckle. And I go, that looks really uncomfortable because the, <laughs> the V's kind of like can poke you in the stomach. Like that looks completely uncomfortable. All right, sorry, never mind. I digress. Yeah, you do. <laughs> so media companies have have succeeded. Spotify had their brand value increased by fifty two percent. Netflix increased by forty one percent their brand value. Uh, so, uh, what about this? Is the other interesting thing is that. Um, all the fast food restaurants are doing really, really well. Yeah, because of McDonald's the, was number nine. Yeah, because the number six. Coke and yeah, Coke's getting rid of two hundred other brands or two hundred brands or something like that as they consolidate. As long as they don't get rid of Coke Zero, we're all good. I, I don't think I think you're okay. Okay, just making sure. Yeah, I, I mean, think I think you'll be okay there. Uh, sure. Pretty sure. Because I, I, I worry about things like this. <laughs> Could you imagine having? Because they got rid of Tab. Well, they got rid of Diet Cherry Coke, which breaks my heart. Because now it's Coke Cherry Zero. Yeah, that's been a while. I know. And, and Diet still. Cherry Coke was really good. It was really good. It, it, it's, it was better than Coke Zero with cherry. Mm-hmm. And it had the perfect carbonation level. Let's just say that. <laughs> I know. I loved Diet Cherry Coke, and now I can't get it anymore. Yep. No. And then and then they tried then they tried that uh, Diet Cherry or uh, Diet Wild Cherry. And, and it oh, wow. no. no, thank you. And they they've tried those other those other random flavors like the blood orange mm-hmm. were, orange orange with coke is pretty good it was, it was okay but it eh, nothing compared to that diet cherry coke yeah nothing so logistics went up um electronic oh, payments. shippings like fedex and ups ups and fedex dhl all saw positive val- valuation growth what all about th- georgia pacific <laughs> uh i i mean maybe in the full report this is more of their uh, their highlights because Georgia Pacific yeah. they they do a lot of boxes <laughs> and I'm like the sheer what amount about Charmin of, <laughs> the sheer <laughs> amount of boxes that are out there now I, I mean just can you imagine that you know I I always like this visual of the 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 newspaper factory or the the phone book factory where one end was literally train cars coming into the place with logs. And the other end was paper or the newspaper or whatever coming out the other end, the, the print stuff coming out the other end, fully finished and printed. Like, you know, just the entire life cycle um, <laughs> in one building with the trains. You see, you see one train coming in, one train leaving, and they were – that was, that was real. I, I see that with the Amazon and their warehouses. They're like, yep, the cardboard truck is here. <laughs> <laughs> the truck with all the cardboard. Yeah, it's like, oh, every day, every single day. I'm surprised Amazon just doesn't start making their own cardboard. I, I think they probably have something going on there. But, I, I mean, they 
they they have their own tape. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. Like like reduce the just go all into your vertical here. Like a what what needs to happen is that they need to have a machine. And I bet you someone's someone's thinking about this that they the machine knows the size of it and it it cuts folds and all that. It just has a raw sheet of like. Uh, Cardboard. cardboard and it cuts folds in it and it create it just folds up the package so that it fits perfectly because i ordered a, a knife the other day just a, just a, it was a bigger knife but it um it came in a box that i could have like you know fit a trombone in mm. and i know that's the always the joke about amazon you buy you buy a a little squirt you know little thing or something it comes in a big box and the reasoning behind that is that the trucks are perfectly packed there there's an algorithm and so actually they will put stuff in a bigger box so that it fits and stacks better in the truck mm-hmm. amazing technology but yeah I, I think they should come up with a that's a tetris problem that is that is absolutely a tetris game oh, right yeah. There. oh yeah and there are people who are have that spatial reasoning mm-hmm. are very skilled in spatial reasoning that are able to look at it and go I mean, I know they have algorithms that do it for them now, but it always amazes me when a human can look at that and go, mm, this is how we're going to pack it. And you look at the pile of stuff and then you look at the space and you're like, there's, you're no, there's no way you're going to get all that in there. And they managed to do it. Over time, computers have gotten better at it, but there, there's a basic <clears throat> test that humans can still do generally better than computers um, instantly. If you were to put a map in front of someone and put pins on the map, the human brain can almost instantly give you the best routing, the best route to, mm-hmm. to for the shortest amount of time. Computers struggle with that. Really? Mightily struggle with it. And so having a, an algorithm- So I should does, stop using Google Maps? Well, no, no it's, it still takes a second for it to figure it out. And if you notice a lot of times, it doesn't always give you the best route. Yeah. Um, it sometimes takes you down really weird roads cause it's trying to fix it. Like, uh, going, you know, there, there's a highway that while it's a highway and while technically the speed limit is 55 and 60 for the majority of it, it goes through a lot of towns and it goes through, um, you know, there's speed traps and lights and all that. And it's actually just quicker to take the interstate mm. and, you know, be on the interstate for long, you're driving longer, but you don't have all the stops, but Google sits there and thinks, oh, well, this is a highway that's 60, you, mm-hmm. you know, six miles an hour, but it doesn't take it out of traffic and people turning in and out and all of that type of stuff. So, uh, you know, AI is AI and all those algorithms are pretty fun, but they fail. Yeah. They're not meant to replace humans. Well, not, not all of them. Not yet. <laughs> Skynet is coming. So Da-na-na. one of the things they mentioned is that a key question emerged in their analysis this year. How can brands build economic resilience, individual confidence, and make good on the possibility of a better future for us all? What would you say to that? Who cares? (laughs) (laughs) How can a brand make a better future for us all? You know, I would, again, this is coming from the business side of me. Mm -hmm. I would just flat out be... Do the best you can. Do what you do well and do and do it well. Mm-hmm. And stop trying to change the world. Cause some there there's 
there's some things that you do that just don't change the world. I mean, I think we've hit peak toilet paper. You brought up Charmin. You know, we we've hit we've hit tongue and cheek. We've we've hit peak toilet paper. Like I don't think that there's improvements on the horizon of how we are going to improve. They toilet make it paper. seem like there is. No, if you really look at it, they're like, okay, well, the last innovation was you know deeper quilting. Fantastic, you know, great. Oh, more plies, extra strong, extra soft. I mean, we have every flavor of toilet paper. And so those brands have to, and Charmin's a great brand because they have a good social media presence. It's almost they've accepted that this is what we are. Yeah. You know, and um, sometimes you just have to do what you do well, and you're not going to change the world by your next iteration of toilet paper. And you're not going to change the world with your next agency management system or whatever you're building out there in the wild or whatnot. Um, But what you can do is take what you have and make it as best as it can be for your customers so that it meets the needs and it satisfies and it creates, um, you know, happy, engaged customers that – that love you, you, you know, that, that are enthralled with your, your, your stuff. That's what these brands need to be focusing on and not trying to find the next way to be super altruistic well, and change the world. No, that, that, well, okay. I see what you're saying and what their answer is in their, from their analysis and is their actually answer a long, is wrong. No. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Oh man. Um, actually she committed of- a murder with the daggers that came out of her <laughs> eyes and shot into my chest. It is actually along the lines of what you just said. Fantastic. So the first thing, and and they list us as three priorities, leadership, setting a worthy purpose and powerful ambition beyond turbulence and chaos and put a flag in the future. And they give the example of Tesla. Tesla's brand has driven demand and advocacy from its inception. Not only that, it has also built enormous liquidity, liquidity by attracting and retaining a loyal following of retail investors. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Number two, engagement. Great brands make consumers want to be part of their story, which is what you just said, by taking them on a shared journey. And their example here is Salesforce has seen explosive growth by listening to their customer communities and celebrating them rather than the product. I heard it's it's, uh, it's their trade show. that Dreamforce. Yeah, it keeps people coming back. (laughs) But – you know, that, that, that is the point of that priority. It's a shared journey. It's not just about the brand or the product. It is about what you do for your customers. And then the last one is relevance of voice in the crowd. Great brands lift consumers from indifference and make their choices meaningful. And their example there is PayPal being a trusted brand to mitigate concerns around fraud and keep your money safe. Which yeah. they reached on that last one. Yeah. They, they were trying to they were trying to go to the three points, the odd point thing, you know, like three, five, seven, eleven. So what you just said, two or three are right. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad that they they see it that way because uh, the so like I guess I guess kind of full circle the whole social cause marketing that we're out here doing this because we we feel strongly about it. You know, I I think that while that makes you look all, you know, just it it gives you a good look. Mm -hmm. Um, Someone might say, hey, that looks good. I want to work with that type of company. If you have the worst product in the world, 
they're not going to stay. They're like, well, I want to work with them, but their product doesn't meet my needs. Yep. So it's absolutely spot on, I guess. Half of your marketing is your product. I would say more than that, but sure. Well, 25% is your service. Oh, okay. The other 25% is your actual marketing. Okay. All right. I was going to say, there's there's more of that. I would love to see that. Where's that study come from? Uh, it's my head. Okay. Well, Be- <laughs> I just made it up. Becky needs a study. <laughs> Becky Becky gives credit. That is used anywhere else. I said it first. Yeah. All right. What do you think, dear listeners, about the global brand report? Also, if you haven't submitted your application for the Insurance Secret Society, make sure to do so. Hit us up on Twitter. I am Becky L. Schroeder. Laird is L. Ricksford. You can tweet using the hashtag insurance happy hour. And subscribe in your favorite podcast app. You made sure you nailed that today because of all the mess ups that I've had over the past couple weeks. You wanted to make sure it was word for word perfect. I get you were Choosing your words carefully. You were thinking between speaking. You were doing everything to make sure that went right, right? I have to show you up sometimes. <laughs> you can't steal the show all the time. Hey, well, yesterday on a on a on, yeah, on you a definitely multi- stole some of my show. I know, but yesterday I also gave you flat out props. Yes, Becky's right. Laird is wrong in front of a like you know a fifty person you know <laughs> conference call. So you you got it. Everybody's happy. We're all good. All good. Uh, okay. All right. Then. All right. Well, it's been a fantastic episode, and as always, thanks for listening. I think I've said that closing like 80 times now, uh, maybe a hundred times of the, how many times we've tried to say it. And I still stumble on it. <laughs> I still can't deliver it perfectly. And I, I hear the stumble when I listen to the episode. I'm like, you've stumbled again, Mr. Exford. Do better. <laughs> you can do this. <laughs> Try again. Nope. Good episode. We're done. Bye. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 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 All right. Why is it always so hot in your office? I don't know. You have the thermostat right there. (laughs) Because if it's not hot in here, it is ice locker cold. So the caffeine kicked in. Yeah, it did. (laughs) (laughs) 